Okay, today we have a special guest on the John Riley Project, Caleb Allen. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? Huh? Doing pretty good on this Tuesday right. morning. Or is it Tuesday morning? Yeah. It is Tuesday. <laughs> it's a little little damp outside. Yes, it is. So, Caleb, you're the the uh, new hitting coach at Westview High School. Yeah. A longtime baseball coach, baseball player here in the San Diego North County. Well known in the area as as a as a baseball guy. Yeah. Hopefully. You are. You are. Yeah. I mean, my son played under yeah. you and a lot of other uh, families here we know that have had the pleasure of, of having their children as, as um, you know, on your teams. So, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your your uh, new gig at Westview and how that's going so far. Well, uh, I mean, I love it. Um, after spending 12, well, about 12 years at Poway, uh, under the great Darren Johnson as a hitting coach over there yeah. and uh, learning a lot from him. It was when I got the phone call to come over and be the hitting coach at Westview, it really kind of opened up a chance for me to do kind of like my own program. In fact, one of the things they said in the interview was, hey, we want you to come. We want you to focus on the hitters. We don't want anybody else worrying about the hitters. You do you do it. It's your baby. Take control of it and, and go. And so as much as I learned from Coach Johnson over at Poway, it was kind of nice to be the, the top guy in that regard. Yeah, it is. Um, and so it was, I felt like it was kind of time to, uh, to go ahead and take that next step. And, and they've, they've treated me well over there so far. So. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I always thought that you were overdue you know, for that kind of an assignment. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, because you had, you had paid your dues, you know, coaching at, you know, in, in the club ball at, at the JV level. And I was always, when's that varsity opportunity going to open up? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did bounce kind of back and forth. I, you know, to start, I just coached freshman baseball right out of college, just mm -hmm. jumped in with Ed Herman and, uh, and two years of that. And then I went over to El Camino and took a, coaching job with the varsity team up in, up in Oceanside oh, oh, I didn't at El know Camino. That. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> because I did, I wanted to get to the varsity level and they, yeah. they kind of, they labeled me as the hitting coach up there. But when I got there, not that it was, not that, you know, not to speak ill of anybody by any <laughs> means, but we had a lot of pitching coaches giving hitting advice. And uh, I was kind of told early I was the low guy on the totem pole and which is funny. I, mean, I was a third year guy. What was I? 24 years old at right, the time, right, right, right. you know? So, <clears throat> so I, but, but anyways, the next year actually, Tom Bernanski uh, brought me back to Poway, and I coached varsity there for five years as kind of like the the catching coach. Um, ah. And and then I got the job at San Diego Christian College and went over there uh, for a couple of years. And then I came back to Poway and, and just did JV just because I was kind of on the downturn and hanging low and doing some other things with my life. Just kind of needed a little step back from baseball. But uh well, I think then that that's probably I I didn't have a full understanding of your history because okay, yeah, when huh. my son began coaching, uh, you know, under began playing under your coaching, yeah. that was probably when you were um, at the JV level. So that's why I was thinking. Yeah. So let's see. That was he was at one of our first new crush. So we've gone through about three different <laughs> stages of the crush, right? right? right. And uh, so we were at the Titan Baseball Club. And then we decided we didn't want to be just labeled as Poway kids. We wanted to open it up into like a San Diego travel club. Right. We had these thoughts of being a national team, you know, representing San Diego. And yeah. uh, not that those thoughts aren't still there, but that's when we changed it to the crush. And I believe he was one of the first eighth graders 
in that club. He might they, have been, yeah. When they had those funky uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I, I mean, it, it was always... I always did one of my main roles at Poway, even though it, it's not really an official role, and it was kind of making sure that the kids were getting prepared to come into Poway. And you know, the last thing we ever want to say is we're a feeder team, and we never, you know, never made anything mandatory to play for club in order to go into high school or anything. But we always wanted to give the opportunity for kids coming into Poway High to have the high school coaches from Poway, you know, be exposed to the high school coaches yeah. at Poway. And that's always been kind of my main role at Poway, uh, is to make sure that that opportunity was there. And, um, it, 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 yeah. And so we did a lot of eighth grade work and that's where Trevor, that's where I met Trevor for the first time. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. All good. Yeah. So what's, how's Westview looking? Well, you know, <laughs> It's we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> okay, well you know yeah it's uh, it's a program it's always know, developing right. We've got a lot of good young talent. In fact, there's a possibility there's a possibility we'll have five sophomores in the lineup. Really, in the starting lineup. I mean, that probably closer to four. We actually now I take that back because we just lost one for the next eight to twelve weeks. Uh, one of our stars, probably going to be our shortstop, went down with some tear in his shoulder. Oh man! So that's, yeah, that's diving, tough. diving for a ball. Uh. That happened last week. So, so yeah, we lost that. But um, but yeah, we're we're young. We've got some guys. We're just we're still trying to develop the hitting side. But you know, kind of the thing is nobody's really hitting right now. There's not many teams out there doing much hitting. So right, you know, you kind of get into the full swing and you never really know until you really strap the cleats on for the first time in that, you know, in a game that matters. You, yeah. know, you do all this stuff in winter ball and you're trying out certain things. Uh, but you, yeah, like I say, you never really know until until it hits the fan kind of thing. Yeah. Well, winter ball, yeah, it's experimenting, mm -hmm. got kids playing up, you know, it's yeah. cold out there. It's hard. All to, guys in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of rough. But yeah. I remember last year, Westview had some really good players. Yeah, yeah. Know? They've had some success, you know. They, they, they're they still looking for, or I should say we are still looking for our first title. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've made playoffs quite a few years. Uh, had some high draft picks. Got a few guys throwing or uh, playing in college ball right now. So yeah, it's a it's a good. It's really grown into a good baseball school, uh, and hopefully we could take that next step here with the new staff. Yeah, who who was the kid last year? Was it Lions uh -huh. that went to Santa Barbara? Yep. And then there was Mercado who was drafted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I haven't checked on on him. I, I wonder how he's doing. He's with the Rays, I think. <sighs> you know yeah. what? It's a good question. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, I uh, never coached him personally. And yeah. Well, so. he graduated, I think, in 17. Yes. I think he was yeah, a 2017 guy. And um, But the stadium there at Westview is nice. It's mm -hmm. clean. I like those trees in the back, you know, it, yeah. uh, beyond the outfield fence. It's a nice stadium. It's uh -huh. uh, very well maintained. It is. So it yeah, should be a, a great opportunity for you. Yeah, and they just built a, a huge batting cage, a lot, a lot very similar to the one that Poway High built. Yeah, it's know, like a pavilion. Back, yeah, it's 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 nice. In fact, it's even bigger in Poway's. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay, yeah. You got a so, one-up. Yeah, right yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's a nice cage. They got indoor bullpens, indoor cages. There's four cages in there that, uh, yeah, that we've been, I mean, we haven't, with all the rain that we've had lately, we haven't missed a practice. And especially being the hitting coach, you know, we've gotten a lot of hitting work in. Probably need to do a little more defense since we've been having gotten on the field, but but yeah, you know it's nice having that indoor spot. 
And I think it's just so awesome that, you know, you're a, you're a protege of Darren Johnson and his incredible coaching career as a hitting instructor mm-hmm. and all the things that you've picked up from that. It's almost like there's this Johnson coaching tree, you know, it, it, yeah. like you hear about that, like in the NFL, right? Uh-huh. But so well, especially I mean, with his brother, Dom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then Darren Sr. And I mean, the whole thing. So. I mean, what are some of the lessons that you've learned from Darren Johnson as a as your kind of guru on hitting? You know, one of the first things Darren said to me when I got into coaching and I really kind of dove in and said, hey, Darren, I, you know, I, I remember the conversation when I said, hey, Darren, I want to learn everything from you. You know, I want to yeah. be a hitting coach. And, uh, you know, and I could I did the same thing with Tom Bernanski, too. But um, but with Darren, one of the first things he said is you got to understand they're either going to hit or they're not. And you can't make everybody a hitter. Right. And he said, but what you can do is you can motivate him and you can give him everything that, you know, everything that you can possibly give them, you can give them, but don't let them break your heart kind of thing. And I don't think, you know, it's funny because Dom and Darren both, I've seen them, you know, their hearts break over kids not performing in yeah. certain say, you know, yeah, you, just, yeah. you just do as a coach, you yeah. know, and I tell you, not many guys I've known had more passion than those two guys do uh, when it comes to their players. But, but it really has kind of helped me in that regard. But then just a lot of the other things about, you know, the attack approach and how not getting it, you know, not giving down, not giving in uh, and a lot of the fundamental sides uh, that I've learned, you know, over the years, just mostly most of my learning came from me working with a younger hitter and then Darren walking in the cage. And after I've got this guy to where I think, oh, yeah, he's fine-tuned, fine-tuned, Darren walks in and goes, no, nah, man, you got to change this. <laughs> like, oh, man, I right. totally missed that. Right, right, right. Good. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there were frustrating parts about that too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from him and uh, just, you know, mostly about the approach, what we're looking to do. Uh, with those guys and how to create leadership, you know, from swinging a bat. Right, right. Well, I remember um, when Trevor went and uh, got hitting lessons with Darren, it was so much about how do you feel? How does that make you feel? You know, because it's such a mental thing, right? Absolutely. It's having that confidence in there so you can attack, you know, and that's what I, what I noticed is that, you know, Darren obviously taught a lot of the, you know, the mechanics, but it was almost as much, you know, the psychological side of it. You know, when one thing that I've that I feel like I've taken from that is the mechanical side can be built through the mental side. And like talking about Darren always talking about how he feels. You know, you do a lot of these drills to produce mechanics, but you don't do the drill and tell the kid what mechanic they're trying to produce. You, t- you, you tell them what they're supposed to feel. And then when they have the right feeling, usually the good mechanic comes with it. Ah, and so okay. because we get lost and I, and I've been a victim of this many times as you, as a coach, you get lost in like, okay, well this, your hands need to be doing this, your foot need to do, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And this is what your body should be doing. But the kid tries to do that with their body, but never has the feel. They're never going to repeat that mechanic. Right. But you know, like you were talking about with, with Trevor's experience, when they feel it, there's this whole new side that opens up that it doesn't have to be a perfect mechanic if they get the right feeling. Right. So, and that's, yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes Dom. I, I've caught bullpens for Dom on the pitching side and it's the same thing. Oh, it is. You know, and it's, 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 it's magical in my opinion, because you see it, you don't see it taught that way a lot. And right. I hope that that's what my players are getting from me, you know? Well, so. it seems like when, when the player executes the mechanics correctly, you know, in this case, both Darren and Dom would always ask the, the, the kid, 
how does that feel? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then the 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 player would be able to express that feeling, and so then it gets probably more deeply woven into their brain, right? Yeah. And so then they, like to your point, they they are not thinking about their rotation or their hands. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking about how they feel. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and because when you're in the batter's box facing a pitcher, especially a very you know, let's say it's a top of the line pitcher. Yeah. You don't want to be thinking about your hips. <laughs> I mean, there might be little keys. They might have yeah. to take hands, something like that. Yeah. But you want to be in a mental state where you're like in attack mode. Right. You, it, you know, and that's a feeling. Yeah, it is. You know, but uh, but then another side kind of talking about how they can, that, that can really have a long-term effect. My favorite thing in teaching hitting, especially when it comes to the younger kids, is a kid that walks into the box that's never hit a ball hard in his life. And you're sitting in there in the cage and you're working with him and you're showing him and he might even be getting a little frustrated. And then finally you go, okay, now let's put it all together. And all of a sudden he barrels one up and you see that big smile. Yeah, yeah. And you just go, you're locked in. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. That's it. You're yeah. going to be a, you're going to at least make it through Little League. <laughs> yeah. That, it's a magnificent oh, feeling it's the best when feeling. you barrel a ball and the ball goes a mile and, and almost like you don't feel it in your hands. Yeah. It's just like a trampoline, like you're yeah. hitting. It's yeah. it's an incredible, yeah. It's a great vibe. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you the best ball I ever hit. It's actually goes going back. We're going to talk about Darren again. Yeah. It was my senior year in high school. We were at Mission Bay, and it was Darren Johnson's first day out at Poway High. I was a senior. It was a summer ball game, so I was going into my senior year then. And he saw me take one at bat, and it, it, believe it or not, he was actually pretty quiet that year <laughs> because he yeah, was getting, yeah. you know, he's kind of stepping yeah. in, seeing who everybody was. Yeah. I get, I'm getting that same feeling right now. It's like yeah. you don't want to dive in too much. Yeah, yeah. But he pulled me aside after my first at bat, and he said, "Hey, man, just I don't want to do too much, but just try this one little thing." Well, I hit a ball out at Mission Bay. I never hit a home run in my life. I hit the ball over the center field fence into the wind, over the fence. I didn't even know it went out of the yard. I swear, as soon as I hit it, I just saw a bright light. <laughs> so as I'm rounding third, and Perry, Bob Perry gives me a high five. I remember just going, holy cow, I like this new hitting coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to talk about it. Just, I mean, it's, it's a seller when you hit it hard, man. Well, imagine if you were able to create that kind of experience for all these players at Westfield. Oh, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be yeah. special? Oh, it's, that'd be a dream. You yeah. Know? Fortunately, I don't think it's going to happen that way, but, but, uh, it might. You, you know, you know it just might just be that one little thing. You know, I hope I hope we can have a good offensive year, definitely. Yeah. Because I know that they've had a lot of good, uh, you know, good years on the pitching side, keep holding runs, you know, holding the holding the opposing offense down. Um, but I would like to see, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see us come in and, and open up an offense at Westview to where well, we're a go. threat, you know? Yeah, nowhere to go but up, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but yeah, you know, because they've, they've had some success in the, in the past years. And I, you know, I love the, the coaches that were there before. Um, yeah. And I have nothing but respect for those guys. But to have the opportunity to come in, obviously, you don't look back. You just look forward and say, you know what? Here's what we got. Again, we got a young team. Let's, yeah. let's go. And, Shoot, man, let's go for let's go for gold and win CIF next year. They're opening up state, right? State that's right. They are. So yeah. you know, I mean, how awesome would that be to come in and win a state title or something? You know, in a few years. But yeah, again, that's that's thinking big. But, but yeah, but that's the goals, right? But it's it, always interesting. Is football and basketball were able to go at state level, but baseball never did. Yeah, and I think as far as my understanding of it is, it's because it's the time of the year. 
You know, when uh, we have our CIF yeah, championship, yeah. the kids are just getting out of school and getting into finals. You know, I think CIF championships usually in, in San Diego is usually that first week of June. Yeah. And so they get out of school by the, what, 15th through the 20th, somewhere in there. Yeah. So to go off and do a state now, you know, you're going to have to take your kids out, out of school for the last two weeks. And it'll probably go into summer, too. So, which nowadays too, a lot of your college recruiting is done in the summer. Yeah. You know, and so that, that, that's why they're moving the, the season up, excuse me, they're moving the season up a week this year. And then I think they're supposed to move it up one week more next year. Oh, wow. And to try to open up that, you know, a couple more weeks to where we can have a state championship. But when's, when's your opening day? We open up on, was it the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at it. We open up with Grossmont. So it's like, um, an, is it like in a week or maybe two weeks? Yeah, it's a week from Saturday. A week from Saturday. So, uh, yeah, what date that is, I don't remember. Okay, so like in a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so that's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're right. We have tryouts on Saturday and we, pff, right yeah. away, you know, and we always start right away. That's yeah. Fun. So, but, uh, and we will be, because we're starting a week early, we've got a soccer player and a basketball player that are probably going to be in playoffs that we probably won't have at the beginning. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's the downside of starting that week yeah. earlier. But hopefully you got a deep enough bench, give some other kids an opportunity. and Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so I, I always I always fascinated by the tryout process because I think most people know who the players are going to be. You know, maybe the last couple of guys on the end of the bench might be in play. Mm-hmm. But I always love the story of like the kid that no one expected yeah. that kind of walked on and made the team. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever had any of those experiences? You know, long-term, yeah. Um, we had this kid, his name was Dylan Mulholland, and he's still, to my day, when I think about him, he gives me he gives me goosebumps. He was actually one of my first kids when, when I coached with Ed Herman, Hoggy. I don't know, did you ever meet Hoggy? I never met him, but I've heard so many great, great things about him. I mean, him. he's the one that brought me into coaching, but he... When I was, he brought me in as the freshman coach, and that's when he started the first crush team. Of course, he had had crush teams before, my first crush team. Mm -hmm. And he opened it up to these 12 kids that were going into Poway High the next year. uh, And Dylan was one of those eighth graders incoming freshmen. And he was this little scrangly little lefty, you know, that just kind of just loved playing ball, but he wasn't any good. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I I like And I actually cut him that freshman year. Uh I I cut him personally. I cut him. Loved the kid, but we had like 25 kids already on the roster. There was just no room. It was one of those years where we had too many kids, and he got cut. Um, Comes back, just uh, actually comes back and plays for our next year's team. So he goes back and plays on the eighth grade crush team. Because okay. he was young enough, he was able to play that 14U. Oh, right on. You know, okay. So he played that yeah. spring. He played for me. and Nice. And so he came back and played. Even though I cut him from freshman ball, he came back and played for me on the crush. So that was cool. And then and then next year, and uh, his sophomore year gets cut. And then oh. junior year gets cut. Oh, man. He, he comes didn't back. Give up? So, and then his, so his junior year was the year I went to El Camino. And then his senior year was the year I came back as the varsity coach. And I was... Actually, now that I think about it, I was the pitching coach that year, believe really? it or not. Yes, well, I was the pitching guy. coach, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I remember Dom helping me out with how, like, what to do with pitching. Yeah, so I was the pitching coach that year. And Dylan came in as a left-hander, and he made the team. He didn't throw many innings, but here he was, a senior, didn't play at all. And he just he had this pickoff move that he had just perfected because he kept playing. Yeah. He went and played wherever he could. And um, and ended up, so he, he threw a few innings for us that year, not much, and then just kind of, I didn't really hear from him. Well, 
as of two years ago, this kid's probably now, gosh, I can't even tell, 26, yeah. 27 years old. He was pitching professionally in the Canadian League somewhere. Not, I mean, making, you know, peanuts. Not He just did it because he loved it. Still works at a batting cage. The kid just loves baseball, and he still throws. Living so, the dream, yeah. man. In fact, I, I got I an invite that. from him. He was I, something like he was getting married and his bachelor party because he was getting a bunch of guys together to play a baseball game. That was his bachelor really? party. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, out in New Mexico somewhere. Yeah, so I mean, a kid, you know, yeah, you have those kids that just, you never know, and they just, you know, and you can't say he ever made it big or anything, didn't play college ball, but I mean, he got to, he got to go and play in front of some crowds and. Yeah. <laughs> but he just gets to do what he loves. That's that. You know, absolutely. he's not making a million dollars, but so what? You know, yeah. just do what you love. And it just shows you the passion. When the passion's there, you find a way. You know, you really do. That's a great story. So, yeah. Good old Dylan. Yeah. I think Mulholland. I think any relation to Terry Mulholland? No, not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. He was a lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Phillies, Giants, I think. Yeah. Back in the day. That was like in the 80s, I think. Yeah. So. Well, good uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, but but yeah, you never know. In fact, my favorite story is, and I don't know, it might be, this is not even a baseball story, but it was a Reese Witherspoon story. Oh, right on, talks about, Reese Witherspoon. No, 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 no. Is that right? Yeah. Something about she got cut from her volleyball team as a freshman, spent two weeks crying, and her mom said, you know what, I'm sick of you crying, I'm putting you in drama class. <laughs> <laughs> It worked out pretty well. (laughs) Exactly. So I always tell the the parents that their kids aren't going, hey, you never know, you know. Baseball might not be their thing, but shoot, you know, if they got drive, you never know. So it was, um, was, is this a true story? Was it Michael Jordan got cut when he was in high school? His freshman team. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, there was another, was actually a player for San Diego State basketball that got cut in high school. And then he went on and, and played at junior college, and he ended up, you know, was a transfer as a junior and played for nice. the Aztecs. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember, was it Eric Sanders? I can't remember who it was, but okay. love hearing those stories. That oh, just people yeah. just don't give up. Yeah, you know, and, and they just yeah. keep living the dream, and then eventually that opportunity opens up. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Shoot, you know, the other thing is too, especially in high school, kids grow. Oh, All of God, a sudden, yeah. they just. You know, they sprout up. In fact, Trevor was kind of one of those. Yeah, right? yeah. Just all of a yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. In fact, every time I take a year off or I go somewhere, like I remember going to San Diego Christian College and not not spending any time at Poway High, coming back two years later and going, "Wow, who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> all the kids got bigger. Of yeah. course, you know. <laughs> well, so much changes. That's what's fascinating is when the kids are in Little League. You know, there's always that stud kid as a 10 or 11 year old. And by the time they're 16, the world has changed, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So it's it's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, indeed. So so let's say you're at Westview and they got a game and you're in the middle of the game. Okay, and, and the players are, you know, offense is going on. What what do you see your role being? Are you going to be kind of sitting down with the players right before or after at-bats and kind of helping them along? Yeah, I mean, it depending on my role is definitely going to be, you know, keep an active approach going. Um, so depending on what the, the pitcher's trying to do to us, uh, you know, did they bring in a new pitcher, making sure if, you know, we've got any type of scouting report we can. You know, it's a little more difficult in high school. Because uh, sometimes you might not even know who's going to be pitching against you. Um, but nowadays, especially with perfect game, you can get a lot of video and if yeah. you're going in before, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just look up their perfect game profile. So yeah, yeah. But then when we get in the game, um, 
I try to let as much as I can, I try to let the guys do their thing. You know, I'm a big believer that practices are coaches' time, uh, games are players' time. Ah. Um, but there is definitely approaches that we can take, whereas, you know, like, for example, let's say all of a sudden we see something that, hey, this guy's throwing a, you know, every time he starts, you know, with a fastball for a strike, his second pitch is going to be a curveball. I mean, that actually that happens quite a bit. Yeah, I'll bet. You know, little things like that. And that's so then, yeah, we'll call the guys together. Hey, listen, this is what he's doing. Here's a tendency he's falling into, you know, or maybe he's tweaking his glove or, you know, we hey, we got this, you know, this advantage that we're going to try to try to take advantage of this pitcher. And if he's tipping pitches or anything like that, or, hey, he's working us away. He's working us away. He hasn't thrown a single fastball in. Guys, let's hammer. Or like take that outside fastball away from him or vice versa you know he's just trying to show you in but he's going to try to beat you away right you know so those kind of those approaches that change in the game absolutely i'm going to be involved and in making sure i'm talking to the kids and or you know keep them motivated is always a thing yeah. kid strikes out twice in a row or something you know yeah. it's like hey hey but come on hey this is good at bat you know right one on. of my favorite sayings is hey man good miss you know, because they might take, you know, baseball's tough, you know, swinging, and they might do everything perfect and just miss the ball, you know, or, you know, pop it up to the catcher or something, but everything was perfect except for, you know, that much. And so it's a game of failure, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you got to make sure that you can, that you can decipher whether it was a good miss versus, Hey man, you just gave up there. Like, why are you giving up on that at bat? Why'd you give in my, yeah. my, the saying I like to use is don't sacrifice bat speed for contact. You know, don't, don't, mm, when you feel beat, the kid wants to like, just kind of try to put the ball in play. It's, I yeah. hate that saying, just put it in play. Yeah, no, yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's a little league saying yeah. that, hey, we just want to hit it to that guy. We want to put it in play because they're going to throw the ball away. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to win on that. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. And, you know, that's not how it goes in high school. So Don't sacrifice bat speed for contact. Yeah. I like that. So when, yeah. I mean, because I've seen plenty of stories about, or I've seen plenty of examples, like firsthand where guys, you know, they get beat real bad by a pitch, but because they continued to swing it, they accidentally hit it on the barrel. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's like a life lesson, right? It, it's, it's to be confident, swing for the fences, mm-hmm. give it your all. Don't be tentative. Don't be overly cautious. Yeah. Don't overthink. I mean, that applies in life. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, we call it the old crap theory. Every every decision we make can go into one of two categories. You're either saying, oh, crap, or oh, yeah. And so when that pitch comes out of his hand, which one are you saying? And, right. And if you're sacrificing bat speed for contact, you're probably in the uh, the, oh, the oh, crap mode. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's a curveball. Right. <laughs> or whatever, you know, or, or a shooter. How, how many times we, we see a guy throwing hard and go, oh, man, he's throwing really hard. Oh shoot! Yeah, 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 right, 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 exactly. So, in fact, one of our one of our things, I just, I've, I've been hammering this with the guys, you know, especially because a lot of them are got aspirations to go on to college ball or yeah. play professionally, you know. So now we've got scouts in the stands, that nice. kind of thing. And I say, hey guys, you know, for these scouts and for the, you know, everybody looking on you and other team, whatever, what's it take to be considered a good hitter? You know, they go, oh, well, you know, you got to do this. I'm like, so no, no, it's pretty simple. You have to compete against good pitching. You know, and if you go out and you beat that good pitcher, you're considered a good hitter. That's right. Right? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah. Right? You just go out and beat the good guy. But what happens is we get caught up, because especially in San Diego or high school ball, you face the not so good teams all the time. Yes. And so they, your averages might, you might be hitting 300, but. How are you hitting against the guys that you would be facing in college? Because yes. that's what the scouts are looking at. That's right. You know, they want to see you, you know, beat the guy that's, you know, the top guys. Right. You know? So, um, but yeah. <laughs> 
So I would imagine also that your approach is going to have to be so personalized, right? Because oh. different players have different, you know, you know, some wear their emotion on their sleeve. Some are more close to the vest, right? Some are stone faced. Some are receptive to coaching more so than others. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know the the one thing that when I was talking to the other coaches at, at Westview that brought me in, you know, we talked about that not creating robots. You know, the one, last thing we want to do is put a blanket like, hey guys, we all need to do this. I mean, there are some blanket policies that we do, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in fact, there's two guys on the team right now, the hitters that I've I've even told them I said, guys, I'm not talking to you, you know, because I like where you're at. You're they're both seniors. And I just say, you know what? Just go do your thing. Yeah. And if I see something, I'll come talk to you. But don't let my, don't let me not talking to you think that it's like I don't like you or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. It's just I just think you're in a right good spot, and I don't want to come in as the new guy and, and mess you up. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix <laughs> That's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, it's interesting. You watch a game on TV, and and certain hitting coaches have special relationships with certain players. Mm -hmm. And you'll see, like, after a tough at-bat, maybe they'll come and sit down next to the hitting coach in the dugout. Yeah. And, you know, they'll kind of break it down, right? Other players, th that relationship doesn't exist. And I think it's just, it's just individualized. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody analyzes information a little differently, too, you know? And yeah. And it also depends on the at bat. You know, I can tell you right now, my uh, my college hitting coach. If you had a good at bat, and you came and talked to him, he'd say, "What the hell are you doing talking to me? Get away from me! You just did well. Go away. Don't yeah, like, right, right. Go do that again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, I mean, I have guys that uh, after every at bat will come and you know, hey, well, you know. Well, the, almost one of the worst ones is like, well, what did I do wrong? You know, yeah. you're kind of looking for that. Well, fix me, fix me. You yeah, know, and it's right. like, come on, man. It's all right. Like, good miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, man. I mean, yeah. it's hard to be a good hitter. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's one, like one of the hardest things to do in sports. Yeah, that's been said a few times. Huh? Yeah, and here you are. You're huh. you're carrying the load of that one. I mean, as huh. far as leading the the troops, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a game of failure. That's for sure. Yeah, but so. I think you're going to do really well. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So, so tell me more about your backstory. Like, how did you get involved in baseball? Where did you play as a, a youngster? Yeah. And kind of walk well, me through how you got to this point. Let's see. I mean, it started out. I was a Navy brat. So my dad was actually a pretty high-ranking officer in the Navy. And mm -hmm. so, and I had two brothers. I was in the middle of two brothers, older and younger. Um, and, uh, you know, we just kind of grew up playing baseball, you know, little league. I played in, oh, let's see, I played in Colorado Springs. I played in Norfolk, Virginia. And then my dad got stationed at Miramar um, when I was, well, this was in 94, and I was about 10 years old at the time. And so we moved into Poway. Uh -huh. And... Um, and then uh, he retired. Uh, he retired out of Miramar, and so we just ended up staying. And so, and I went to Poway National Little League. Yeah. Class of 96. We were the 96 All-Stars. Wow. Um, even went to Cooperstown in their first uh, their first year as the that, that Cooperstown Dreams Park. Oh, yeah, right on. I was on. there as a 12-year-old in 1996. It was the first year there. Nice. In fact, my, I just looked it up. My picture is still up there on the website with the, <laughs> with the San Diego Sting. Oh, right on. Um, and, so what uh, position did you play back then? 
You know, for the most part, all over. I I did a little bit of catching, but I was mostly like a second baseman, third baseman. Didn't play a ton of outfield. Um, Mostly that second base, third base spot. Yeah. And then did some catching. Never pitched. I didn't like pitching. Uh So I don't know why. I was one of the only guys on the team that didn't pitch. And for I, I don't remember not like not wanting to pitch. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And so maybe because yeah. there was plenty of other guys that did, and I was happy with that. So um, always kind of the number two hitter, you know, kind of the that I always loved hitting and running. Like that was my favorite. You know, I was I was always like, hey, coach, put the hit and run on. Like, yeah, I just I felt like I could hit it like where I wanted to, and I, I learned at a young age. And I can't remember the coach that taught me. Probably Troy After, because he was my coach growing up. He's a Yankee scout now, um, but. Uh, but you could see like how the defense moved when in the middle of the pitch, and you can just hit it. You know, you just play pepper and hit it where they're right not. Right on, nice. <laughs> I yeah. can get a hit on you know anytime. So, um, but yeah, just that, and then played. Of course, that was back in uh, a day where before there was really a lot of travel ball. I think our travel ball team, there was only one main team out of Poway, and then there was a team that uh, was kind of mixed from Poway RB. I played with a lot of Rancho Bernardo guys growing up. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, and then went on. Let's see. Then then went and played at Poway High. Yeah. And then you know had four years. That's where I really became a, a catcher. Yeah. Uh, my sophomore year. In fact, it was Ed Herman Hoggy was coaching at Poway at that time, and my brother had converted. My older brother had converted and was the starting catcher for the varsity team. And and they you know you just kind of saw the writing on the wall that there wasn't a lot of catching coming in and so there was like five second basements <laughs> right right oh yeah and you know and there was yeah. also a time where it was, we were kind of in that converge of you know you didn't need a huge guy behind the plate in fact if you could be quick and you could block balls and throw guys out they, they were happy with it you didn't need right. to be the big hitter yeah um, or the just the big backstop type guy and so so I did and Hoggy taught me how to catch and, and I learned from uh, also again growing up I had Troy Afner as my coach he was a catcher uh, in, in the big leagues, and so so I had some some uh, you know some good wisdom going through it there, and that's how I got my scholarship. In fact, my scholarship I got because of one throw. Um, I was really? up at a camp up at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, just in one of those showcase camps, you know, mm-hmm. that I had gotten invited to. It was the only one I ever went to. And uh, one of the coaches, oh man, I forget his name. He's out of Shreveport, Louisiana, Cent- Centenary College. Uh, got me on his clock at, at a, as a pop time of one point seven eight, and mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really I, I think he got it wrong to be completely honest. <laughs> I mean it's it was one of the best throws I ever had, and you know my yeah. arm was feeling good at that time too. But uh, and that's I used that I had him write out a report for me uh-huh. on a like little scouting report, yeah. and he put on there yeah I clocked him at a one point seven eight in a game. Boom! I sent that out, and that was that was it. I got the the call from Cal Poly Pomona, and, and they said, "Yeah, we saw your pop time." <laughs> right on! Yeah, yeah. He came down and watched uh, watched me play, and I actually struck out twice in oh. the first two innings. I yeah. think we were doing, but I threw two runners out. Oh, and good! He called and he offered me a scholarship. <laughs> right on! I said, "But coach, I struck out twice." He's like, "I don't care." He yeah. threw two guys out. I was yeah, like, all right, sweet. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, the conversation didn't go exactly that way, well, but <laughs> I know you mean. But it's, isn't it amazing how it's just like one little, um, you know, moment, you know, one, like it's just fate, you know, just that one little it, thing happens yeah. and the right person sees you at the right time and then boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it goes to like one thing I learned um, 
from my, watching my older brother go through it too. And I know I've talked to you about this, the, the whole recruiting process. Yeah. You have to market yourself. Oh yeah. You know, and I remember doing that and I, I had, Cal Poly was where I wanted to go. I wanted to play D2 um, because I just kind of had that, I wasn't a D1 player mm-hmm. and I wanted to go somewhere where I could play right out the gate. Yeah. And, uh, and I did, and I, I marketed myself hard to them and a few other schools, and, and I got it. You know? Nice. So we try to tell the kids now is, you know, you, you just you, if you just go to these showcases and spend all the money, it's not going to do you any good. You go, you, you get some credentials build up, you know, you get those po- those times, or, yeah. you know, that uh, the official times, the perfect game now is pretty much a big one now, right? Right. You know, you get there, you do that, but then you market. You're like, you go out and you sell yourself to these coaches. Because I can tell you, I've done a little recruiting out of San Diego Christian College, and it's nice when you get people wanting to come play for you. Oh, yeah. You know, versus going up, I mean, how many kids you go up to and say, I mean, if you're at a big school, you know, I'm sure it's a little easier for the guys at San Diego State. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Whereas me over at San Diego Christian College, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you actually get somebody to come up and say, hey, man, I want to play for you. You know, right you, you just want to, yeah, man, come on, let's go, let's go talk, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you do that and you do it the right way, it, it can be, it can make an impact. And you do it, you know, just like in sales, if you've ever been in sales. Yeah. How many, how many balls can you throw out there? One of them's going to go in. <laughs> exactly. But you got to be smart in who yeah. you target, you know, yeah. and, and you got to have the right approach, you Absolutely. know, and, and you got to find the right fit. Yep. It is, it's sales. It Absolutely. definitely is sales. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it must be special because you, it's interesting as you think about it from the perspective of a player you know, just hoping that some college is going to get their attention. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of times the colleges, they want to hear from the player. Yeah. They want to hear how bad does a player want to play for me? Mm. You know, so. Absolutely. You know, and then for some some players, San Diego Christian College is the perfect fit. Yeah. You know, the, oh, yeah. the location, the, the curriculum, the, pro, the baseball program, everything. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we used to always say, I mean, NAI is a, is a good way to go. Um you know, it, we had our troubles at San Diego Christian College mostly because we didn't have a facility. Yeah. So that made it tough. But man, we sold the San Diego dream big time. Oh, you, you know, should. You know, and we didn't actually didn't end up recruiting a lot of San Diego kids because of it. Um, we got a lot of kids to come into San Diego because it's like, hey, man, you can get to play college baseball in San Diego. Yeah. Know? And I mean, here we here we go. Let's go. Yeah. You know, even though they're in Santee and we're, you know, they didn't quite tell them right off the gate that yeah. it takes you 45 minutes to get to the beat. <laughs> even it's San Diego. But exactly. Yeah, so, um, but there were, there were a lot of kids that wanted to come in. Uh, we got, a, at that point, we got a lot of, uh, basically what we call bounce backs, you know, D1 guys that yeah. didn't play for whatever reason. It might have even gotten in trouble. We had a few guys that had just made mistakes, yeah. and, you know. And, yeah, that happens. And, uh, in fact, we got some really good players that way. Yeah. And uh, came back, and, and, you know, NAIA, there's just different eligibility rules there, too, uh, mm-hmm. for the NCAA. And so, um, so yeah, we got a lot of bounce backs in that in that regard. Or, and uh, But, yeah, selling that San Diego dreams definitely. As you nice. should. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> there's always that kid that just wants to play, yeah. wants to play in a beautiful area, wants to get out of town, yeah. wants to escape where they live, and you're the perfect solution. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. So, yeah, it was nice. And, and it sounds like they're doing pretty good over there now. Brian Schrader's the uh, the new head coach over there. He's been there about three years now. So where's uh, their guy. home field? So last, so we played, when I was there, we played at Grossmont, uh, Grossmont College. Okay. Um, but we practiced at the Santee Sportsplex. 
So we were actually playing on on a field that my 10-year-olds would play on the next day, you know? And <laughs> yeah. the, the fence was only, what, 280 feet? So we actually hit, when we were taking live BP, we actually hit soft balls. The head coach, Landon Burke, called them dog biscuits <laughs> because they wouldn't go anywhere because right. we couldn't because we couldn't hit balls too far over the fence and it'd start breaking windshields in the parking lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it made it tough. And so, you know, but we got our work done. We got it We got it dialed in. But we got to play on a beautiful field. I mean, Grossmont College was awesome to play on nice and so we played there now i believe they are uh, both playing and practicing at the barona facility where the barona stars play out there and the, by the casino right on um which is good you know that's that's good for them because i don't know if that field gets used in the off season anyways you know they just use it in the summer um but yeah i, I think that's good for them and to, to get a little place they can call home um so one day hopefully they build a facility now they've yeah. been talking about it. Oh, I'm sure. In fact, when I got interviewed by Chris Bando, he laid out the plans for the new stadium. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Turns out that that was just the plans, right? Right, right. <laughs> I don't think there was any money anywhere yeah, for Yeah, they got to do yet. some fundraising. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. But you got you to have a plan in order that's, to be able to get the money. That's right. And yeah. it was a nice plan, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I'm, they're still, I'm sure they're still hustling. Yeah, yeah, you know? hopefully. Hopefully. Chris Bando, any relation to Sal Bando? Yeah, it's his brother. Really? Yeah, Sal's, yeah Chris played for the Indians. Um, oh, that's right. He did. Yeah, yeah I remember he's that a catch, another catcher. Yeah. And yeah, he was the one that brought me in. In fact, brought me in as the pitching coach again. Yeah, right. Seems to be how I get my yeah. in. I go in as the pitching coach. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I was a pitching coach there for one year and then like the kind of like the lead assistant the next year. But yeah, Chris was, uh, or Coach Bando was the, the head coach, but he was looking to step down. Um, so he brought me in. He had brought Landon Burt in, uh, which is a San Diego State guy that I actually played with um, back in high school, summer ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he brought Landon in to kind of take over. He ended up, before the season started, and let's see, this is 2015, ended up, Landon ended up taking over as the head coach. But uh, Coach Bando was kind of like just kind of stepping down ease by ease, you know. Right. He was also our uh, chaplain. Oh wow! So, so yeah, he's uh, definitely learned a lot on that on the spiritual side there too. So nice, yeah. But uh, yeah, so he gave me my shot to coach a little college ball. That's awesome. So, yeah, that was that was fun. That was the road trips and everything. Yeah. Yeah. How far did you guys travel? Let's see. Our furthest is we went to Arizona. Um, went to Phoenix to play Grand, not Grand Canyon. Um, Arizona Christian. Okay. And then we'd go up to. Oh, what was the furthest? I mean, we go up to San Bernardino, uh, Santa Barbara, and play Westmont. Mm-hmm. I want to say we went further there, but it's phew, can't think of it. But yeah, there's a good, there's a good, you know, thirteen hour bus rides in there. Yeah, <laughs> some overnight stays, like yeah. oh, a yeah. three game series on a weekend. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's a blast, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That is. Yeah. So. Good stories. Yeah. You know the 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 the, the reason I asked about Sal Bando is when I was a kid. I grew up in the Bay Area, and the Giants were my team. Mm. But in the early '70s, the Giants were very—they were a terrible team. Okay. And that's when the swinging A's were like they yeah. won three back-to-back World Series, and Sal Bando was a third baseman. Mm. So I, I always remembered him from that era. So yeah. <laughs> then I remember Chris Bando was in was was the Indians. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. small world, right? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool to get to play or get to coach with him a little bit and learn some of the stuff that he brought to the table. So tell me some stories about some of the guys you've played with or played against that, you know, that have gone on to play in the major leagues. Well, um, you know, the, 
and I mean, in a you know, we played against uh, Cole Hamels. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the same grad year as I was uh, at a Ranch Bernardo. Um, and I just remember him being lights out in, in high school ball. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. And uh, but he's I mean he's still playing. Obviously everybody knows everybody yeah. knows Cole. And I mean I never knew him personally. Uh, a lot of my a lot of my guys that I played with and that are good friends with he played with because he played on that other travel team out of Poway um, uh, when I was growing up. And he wasn't anything like top notch or anything in little league or anything like that, as far as I remember. I mean, he was a good uh-huh. player, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, he got to high school and it was just that left hand man just just made you made you quiver with the with the I'll stick bet. in your hand, man. Well, he Until, grew probably, right? Yeah, I mean, there was that. Yeah, and he, yeah. But he was, I mean, he could throw it hard and he could make it. He could make that thing turn when he wanted to. <laughs> nice. And he had a really good pickoff move. I remember that. And uh, so, but there was a. I know. In fact, we were playing against him, and it was. Let's see. We we were pow- at that point. RB was just the absolute powerhouse. I mean, they were nationally known throughout. That was the Blaylock era. You know, yeah, back yeah. when uh, Hank Blaylock played, and and yeah. Jake, his brother Jake, played. Basically, uh, Coach Blaylock's nephews were there, and so Cole was kind of right in the middle of that time, and I was too. We hadn't beat between going watching my older brother play than me playing. It was like something like eight years since Poway had beat RB in a oh. in a regular season spring season game. No, and so we were playing them in coaches league, which was then as our summer ball. Mm-hmm. It was like an extension of the spring season. You know, it wasn't. Uh, it's for like the new team to come in, and back then it was taken more seriously. Club ball in the summer wasn't wasn't as big as it is now. There right. wasn't all the scouting going on. Everybody played for their high school team, and the high school coaches coached, and it. It was competitive, you know. It wasn't as competitive as spring ball was, but it was something like there were still bragging rights. And Cole, Cole was throwing against us in a tournament game because I want to say we were at Granite Hills or something like that, Grossmont maybe, Grossmont or Granite Hills, somewhere down in that area. And uh, and he was throwing, and he was in like his fourth inning, just shutting us out uh, as usual. And all of a sudden, he threw a pitch that hit the top of the backstop. Um, and everybody's going, what the heck happened? And he just walked straight off the mound. And turns out my buddy who was at the play, actually a very good friend of mine now, Tyler Wagner, uh, said he could just see like his whole arm. It just looked like half the size. And I guess, I, I you know, I never heard the official story or anything, but I guess his bicep tendon ripped off, ripped. So really? it, like his bicep, it was basically torn off of the bone. Um, but uh, yeah, and he just walked off and that was kind of the, the end of that, and actually, we ended up uh, coming back and winning that game. <laughs> okay. well, so it, yeah. it felt good to beat RB, I'll um, bet. <laughs> even though it was a summer game. Yeah, and it was. It's kind of rough when you know yeah. when Cole had the injury, but you still fought back and won. We did, yeah. In fact, I remember Tyler Whiteman hit a grand slam uh, right after that to come back, and we won that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, but shoot, he obviously ended up not throwing that year. That was that would have been my junior year. Because uh, he didn't pitch at all. In fact, that, and then they brought in, they brought in Justin Dowdy, who ended up throwing. He he was like their replacement left-hander. Right. <laughs> he, all of a sudden, they had this new lefty transfer in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cole goes down next day. They got a big lefty coming out. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> and uh, we actually faced him in CIF championship that year. Um, but then Cole came back the next year 
and dominated. <laughs> yeah, as you would expect. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously went on and went on to the career he had. But yeah, I mean, I remember that in high school. I mean, he was he was overpowering then. Um, couldn't imagine hitting him now. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a few guys I got to watch play, and there's, there's mm-hmm. a few guys I got to coach. Um, that are uh, in fact two of them just uh, tapped in last year. Uh, two Poway guys tapped into the big leagues last year. Uh, Kevin Newman um, came in. He was a crush kid. Yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. he he was you know played played in the in the program back when he was in seventh grade and got to uh, watch him go through and 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 play through Poway. I mean he was. I tell you one thing about Kevin is nobody took more ground balls after practice than that guy did. And it wasn't like he just took ground balls straight on. He took the ground balls to make the the sweet play. You know, really? he'd be like, "Coach, hit it in the hole." Like, All right, boom. You know, you hit it in the hole, and he would work. And I, how many balls he would have overthrown first base doing the jump man jeter throw, or whatever. Yeah. And then I remember his senior year at Hilltop in the championship game. Um, he uh, the last play to, for the final out was a jump man jeter. That really? he made in the hole, and he went. He backhanded it, jumped through it, and threw the guy out. Bam! End of the game. Wow! <laughs> and he's just, you know, you just go back and you go, man, that guy. He just he worked on that, right? You know, and you t- I try to tell the kids. I love using him as an example. I told him this the other day, and uh, you know, I he's probably the guy I use an example when it comes to working hard. Yeah, These guys, it's not just about going out and swinging. It's about going out and working with a purpose. Yeah, you know, and and that guy did, and uh, you know, and congrats to him on tapping in. He, Played a little second base with the Pirates this year, and yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't checked on where he's supposed to be this year, um, but I'm sure he's going to be right there. You know, uh, hopefully on the big league club. And then, of course, then there's Austin Wins, and yeah. I didn't get to coach a lot because mm-hmm. he was a little. He was in. Let's see. He would have been like a sophomore. He was a sophomore when I came in my first year as the freshman coach. But yeah, I mean, another kid that just worked his butt off, you know, and and, and just you look at these guys and they deserve it. And he got the call last year, right? Yeah, he got the call like in the what early. Yeah, I mean, I remember being at the banquet, the Poway High banquet, and he had just hit his first home run, and that yeah. was that in June. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, he got to play a lot last year. That's so, awesome. And last I heard, I read an article saying that he's probably going to be the guy this year, at least you know one of two man guys behind the dish. Sweet, I know, and that's cool, man. He's and again another just great, great kid. Both of those kids, just great kids. You know, yeah. good families. Yeah, um, and. Uh, you know, just taught right, you know, just yeah. taught to be man, like the pr- proper kind of man, you know? Right. So it's cool. Humble. Well, I think, yeah, Kevin Newman, I, you know, he, he was playing some shortstop at the end of the year last year, mm-hmm. but then you, you know, you hear a little bit of uh, chirping about Machado and the pirates. I heard that. I'm like, really? You know, and I'm like, don't get enough shortstop, you know, because they were even talking about maybe getting Galvis. Yeah. At the Pirates, I know. Leave that open for Kevin. Yeah, you know? yeah I know. You, yeah, know. you root for that now. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, my my, you know, the other Kevin Newman story is that my son used to work at um, at a, a, an Italian restaurant here. Actually, both my kids worked there. At Mama Cella's in Rancho Bernardo. It's right by the Seven Eleven there. Yep. And uh, and one day Kevin Newman was there with his family, and so he got a chance to talk with Trevor. And he was Trevor said he was just a class guy, yeah. down to earth. Just, um, you know, they talked about Poway baseball. He was just a great guy. Yeah. So it's, it's great to hear them well, have success. You know, here's a, here's a story for the dads when it comes to the, going back, you know, talking about Kevin. There was a, when we, when he was in eighth grade, it was either seventh or eighth grade, you know, like that like 13, 14 year age group. Mm-hmm. He was a part of a kid. And we had a decent, like, 
six group of guys, like six kids that were decent. And then you had, you know, the other four that weren't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that's how I, my teams were always that way. I never, I never cut a kid. That was yeah. one thing about club ball. Never once cut one kid in the 13 years I did it. Um, but that's what happened. You know, you yeah. have like these six, seven kids that were really good, or at least were like competitor, co- uh, competitors. Yeah. But then you had to fill in those other two, yeah. three holes. <laughs> and we had one of those teams and we were going out to Arizona for one of those, uh, you know, the, the March tournament you got to go out when, yeah. you know, and four of the dads came up the week before and said, we don't want to send our kids. And it was because they didn't want to travel all the way out there to get blown out because we weren't, you know, we weren't because we just didn't have a full team. Yeah. We were getting smoked by the, the teams that did, you know, right. and a lot of the teams we were playing against in tournaments, they were, you know, we, we didn't do too well in tournaments. Mm-hmm. And so they did. And I said, well, you know, okay, we had some backup kids, you know, I mean, I had enough reserve kids at that point. I think we had 28 kids in the program at that age group, you know, but again, it wasn't our tournament team. But anyway, so I went up, I remember going up to John Newman and saying, hey, John, you know, and Kevin's pretty much our last good player left. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I understand if you don't want to, if you don't want to take this trip. And he just looked at me and he said, why the hell would I do that? If right my son on. can get his ass kicked, then awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he said, just make sure you keep teaching him what you're teaching. You know, and it was like, that's, okay. That's cool. You know, and you just, now you look at it, and a lot of those kids, and I, of course, I won't name names. They were good kids, but they didn't end up playing anywhere or anything. Yeah. And I don't even know what they're doing. It's, they're definitely not kids I kept in touch with. Right. And, um, but, you know, you look at that, and you look at kind of the that attitude from the parent that, you know, it's like, hey, it's not about that right now. It's about going out. It's okay if you take your licks, go out, get the experience, mm-hmm. and continue to work hard and control what you can control. You know, do what you can do for the team, and that's that's what you do. And I just, and then and you can see he did that through high school. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I just I remember that specifically um john i don't know if you remember that but (laughs) (laughs) i do because that meant a lot to me that that was a because again i I was young i was a young coach i was probably 24 25 at the time so probably felt like a mutiny right well jumping ship absolutely that's a tough spot it it was it was a stab to the heart in a lot of ways and you know it's just but that's you know but that's the that's the structure of baseball right now at the youth level it doesn't you know it's just about winning that's all that matters and you know if you're if you're on a team if you know if your son's on a team that's not winning or is doesn't have good enough players around your kid's getting you know hurt and he's not gonna go anywhere because he's not playing around good enough kids and he's gonna get disgruntled because he's losing or all these different things you can throw at it and it's just they end up wearing seven different uniforms that year yeah and the funny thing is is most of the time those kids go to another team that's really good that's winning those tournaments and they don't even play right right <laughs> right you know and it's just so it's it, it's frustrating to watch and I have I have told my children's mother this uh, plenty of times and family members I swear I just pray to God I don't end up like that with my kids and you know yeah so we'll see. We'll see. My son's seven. He's playing his first year of Little League. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Okay. You know, as a parent, it's it's hard, you know, because you you feel like you're emotionally connected with your kid with every pitch, every swing of the bat, yeah. every throw. You feel it, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, we always want what's it. best for our children. But, yeah, some parents go over the line, yeah. you know? 
I yeah. mean, you probably have experienced that a number of times. Yeah. You know, what I always try to tell a parent is, and I used to, I used to say this to any of our new teams, uh, parent meeting, I said, you know, I want you to think about how they learn math. And when you put, when you send them to school, you send them to school and then they go into that gate and you don't see them anymore. And then they go into a closed, then they go into a classroom where the doors closed and the teacher starts teaching them what they need to know. Right. And then they take tests behind those closed doors and they come out at the end of the day. Right. And they come in and they jump in and they've got homework to do and you help them with their homework. And maybe there's, Maybe there's sometimes, and I'm experiencing this for the first time, even in, in, a, in a first grade math setting, I'm going, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, wait right, a minute, right, what's your teacher yeah, want to do? Yeah, I don't yeah. get this. <laughs> but there's that. But then you send your kid back to school the next mm-hmm. day with his homework hopefully completed right. <laughs> and and they learn. And if, if the teacher has to reprimand them, if they got something wrong, she's going to put the red X there. Yeah. And hopefully they, they learn from that. Well, it's the same thing if you, put, if you send them through the gate at my baseball field. If you're putting them through that gate and you're telling them, hey, you're, or you're, you're giving me the authority basically to teach them in the same exact way. And what I want you to do is I just want you to stay positive at the dinner table talk. When if they come home and they're frustrated about something, obviously there's certain, there's a, there, we can go in a lot more detail about this, right? But for the most part, if they're coming in like, hey, listen to your coach. He knows what he's talking about, Right. He knows more than you do. He's trying to help you get better. And hopefully you as a parent make sure that you're putting him in front of the right coach. Right. Right. Because obviously that's a whole nother issue. Um, But just like, I mean, treat it as like you would as a teacher uh, sending your kid to school. And we get so involved. How many times I've had to like pull a dad off the fence. Go, hey, man, stop yelling at him in the middle of his at-bat. You yes. know, the kid doesn't know who to listen to. You know, you, 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 so, yeah, anyways. But actually, I just read a great book about that. Um, if you've never read the letter that Mike Matheny wrote to the parents of his travel team, it's called the Matheny Manifesto. Look it up. And then he wrote a book on it too. Right on. But you can actually read the letter. It's, uh, you know, depending on what where you get the letter, it's like five pages. Right. It's a full-on letter and just saying, hey, this is what this is what I expect from you as a parent. And one of the main things that stuck out to me is he said, I want you to sit there and be quiet. <laughs> I don't want you to cheer for him. I don't want you to, you know, bash anything. I just want you, all you can do is clap. And when right. something good happens, you hoot and holler and you clap and, and that's it. Right, right. <laughs> But it's a great one, man. I tell you what, if if, if, if the next, if I do another team, then like a club team, I'm making them read that book. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, <laughs> I think every parent that has a as a player should read that book by Mike uh, Matheny for sure. You said you've read it. I, I read the manifesto, you okay. know, the the, yep. the five page document, and it's terrific. Oh, yeah. You know, and it basically just defines everybody's role, right? Yeah, correct. And and um, you know, we all have a role to play, uh, but. You know, I've been there in the stands, and some parents. Oh my God! Awesome. I mean, I've I've been in with girls softball. You should. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so we were at a game, and um, you know, there was uh, you know the, the girls. There was like a like it was competitive, and then the parents start to get competitive, chirping at each other, and then mm. you know it got to a point where there was you know punches were thrown uh. amongst parents, and you're like. 
what is going on? Yeah. You know? So and I've I've often even experienced there was another great one here local in Poway. It was a parent that was just so fired up when his daughter was playing that, you know, you say yelling at through the fence. This guy would literally climb the fence like Spider-Man. He would get so worked up, he like and he'd like go up like three feet up the fence. You know, and you're like, <laughs> what's going on here? And like, I understand as a parent, you know, I feel that emotion. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But some go way over the line. Uh, you know, it's when you just want to take a video of somebody else doing it and send it to him and say, hey, look at this crazy guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll give credit. Some parents understand it and they actually go and sit behind the outfield fence because mm-hmm. they know they can chill and they yeah. know that if they're behind the plate, they might make, you know, make a spectacle of themselves. You know, I think it's those parents that realize that that one game isn't the make or break. It's not yeah. it's not the outcome of that game that's going to define their kids, you know, and it's it, it's the parents that think, "Oh my goodness, the, if he doesn't get a hit here, he's going to be devastated and he's going to come home sad." And it's like, "You know what?" the best thing that could happen to that kid is he strikes out in that situation when he's 10 years old, because hopefully he remembers that mm-hmm. when he's in practice next time. Yeah. He remembers that feeling that he mm-hmm. had when he struck out, you know, and it's just, obviously you don't wish that upon your kids. I mean, shoot, I just watched my, my son's in karate and he threw on the sparring gear for the first time. And I just saw him get his butt kicked <laughs> and I'm talking about he got knocked down <laughs> like oh ah. see I'm this like, yeah you're feeling it right <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know what at the end of it I was like hey man that was awesome <laughs> like that was cool because he got up and he was like wow that guy really knocked me out I guess yeah. I need to practice that's what he said and yeah. it was, I was excited for that yeah. well this is like full circle it's like what Darren Johnson was saying you know how does it make you feel yeah you know and if you Absolutely. and if you had a bad situation you felt bad mm-hmm. then that gives you that motivation to get to a feel good spot yeah yeah absolutely because nothing feels better, at least coming from a sport. But I mean, you can say this about any kind of, uh, you know, all of life. When you have failed and you failed and you failed, and then all of a sudden you do have that success. Oh. Man, like the, you don't get that feeling oh, when you a, succeed the first time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. just don't. You don't, no. And so, yeah, I mean, it takes, like one of my favorite things, I have no idea who said this. <clears throat> he said, "It's the uh, it's the bad times that make the good times great." Yes, you yes. Know? Because if it's just if you have nothing but good times, they're all just good times, right? But it's the bad times that make the good times great. Yeah, yeah. That, that I, I've heard various versions <clears throat> of that, but that is right on the money. Yeah. The challenge, though, is is that sometimes people will they'll <coughs> give up. They'll give <clears throat> up too soon. Yeah. You know, because they have those challenges, those bad times, they hit the eject button where the next time could have been the great one. Yep. And then and then all of a sudden they take off. Yeah. And then everything's different. And see, that's where I see as a coach or now learning as a young parent too, that that's what you try, that's where the motivation comes in, you know, and you teach them that it's okay to fail, you know, that that failure isn't going to define them. But, you know, the other thing, and going back to this book by Matheny, he talks about, you know, the when you're up there and you're yelling at them, come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And then they fail. It's like 10 times worse because then he goes back and goes, man, mom and dad really thought I could do it and I didn't, you know? And, but if, 
you just go out and you let the kid play and you just, you know, you, you try to do your best, you know, and you practice and you focus on trying to win. I mean, it is about winning, right? And the strive mm-hmm. to win and you fail. It's like, okay, that's just part of it. Move, like, got to get to that point. Like you said, how do we get them to motivate themselves to where, okay, I don't want to feel that feeling of failure anymore. I want some success too, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's a point too where... <laughs> If they continue to fail, 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 maybe that's not where they're supposed to be. <laughs> well, that's yeah. They go to drama class, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, shoot, there is that aspect too. I mean, right. I've had I've had plenty of players that have gotten cut and they go over. In fact, one just recently. Um, oh my goodness, Sam Roberts got cut. Well, I mean, he was a decent baseball player. Played. I remember I had him all the way through. Mm-hmm. He got cut. I want to say his junior year. Walked right over to the golf coach. He ended up playing all year as the varsity as in varsity golf. Right on. You know, and you just go, hey, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know, and I mean, yeah, I know he. I I know if you ask him, he was like, yeah, I'd rather play baseball. Mm-hmm. But shoot, he would have sat all year on the bench right. versus play. I mean, he played every match. You know, so there's little things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do we, how do we get them motivated through the failure to get to that point? Like you were saying, yeah, you know, to where they do hit that breaking point where it's like, okay, now here we can take off. Well, it's like the Mulholland kid, you know, I mean, he yeah. found that break point is a little bit different path, yep. but he, he found it yeah. and he didn't give up yeah. and he's still living it That's <laughs> in awesome. a lot of ways. He's still living so this it. This is great. Cause like as a hitting coach, you're not just teaching the mechanics. You're not just teaching the, the mental side of the game, but you're teaching life lessons. Huh, that's that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? All the way through this. Shoot. So now you're doing a lot of your own independent coaching now as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, over really you don't you don't pay the bills by coaching by by you don't pay the bills with what the school actually pays you, right? <laughs> right. Okay. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I do you know, before uh for the last decade I've I've really kind of made my income, made my living through coaching teams. Right. Um and doing the crush and founding the crush and, and, and doing that. But now I've really decided that I just wanted to work with with kids individually. And right. So yeah, I do a lot of one on one stuff, uh mostly hitting lessons, do some catching lessons. Um, but that's, that's what I do kind of as my main job right? in that regard. And I mostly work with kids in that little league age. Right. So, yeah. And I enjoy that. I like that a lot better because I can really dive in one-on-one with the kid. Mm-hmm. And then, and then at the same time, I really have only about 12 kids as far as the team setting goes to focus on, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and then have my kids that come in on a weekly basis. And then I get to ask them, Hey, you know, how'd, how'd the game go? Right. Right. You know, right. Or, hey, how's you, you know, how the best is, well, what's your coach telling you? Yeah. You know, and try to, well, he's telling me this or that or this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try to understand where he's coming from. You know, why is he telling you that in the first place? Why mm-hmm. does he feel the need to tell you that? Because if you were doing any, everything right, he probably wouldn't tell you anything at all except for, hey, man, nice hit. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, and we try to decipher that. So, yeah, it's fun being able to break that down mm-hmm. on an individual basis. Yeah. So, I enjoy that. And I've, I've made kind of a commitment that I'm not going to do that the travel teams anymore, the club teams, right. because I really feel I can make a lot more impact um, doing that, just the high school team, working with the kids at Westview, and then just doing kids on like a one-on-one or even like small group basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then you don't have to have all the, the craziness that we just talked about, oh, you know, yeah. with uh, 
with the parents and, and yeah. all those conflicts. I mean, you still get some crazy parents. <laughs> They're out there, man. <laughs> right? But, yeah. No, it's nice, and you can get a little more choosing. But I tell you, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize, especially the parents that play travel ball, is how much goes, how much back-end stuff goes into running a travel ball team. Um you know, especially if you if you don't have volunteers on the field, if you're because our program, we never had a single volunteer. Our motto, you know, our our motto was no dads on the field. Yeah. And as you know, when Trevor played, it was, yeah. you know, I mean, there was we did have a few instances. Of course, Trevor saw that because Darren, little Darren played. So Darren Johnson would be out there. Yeah. Because, but he was a professional coach. It yeah. just happened to have a son come through. Yeah. You know, so we had those small instances. But other than that, I mean, we didn't have any dads. Uh, out there, so they were all paid coaches. Yeah, um, which you know come from come from hiring guys that have experience that are working well with kids. And when you have more than five teams, now you've got to trust coaches to go out and run these practices and that kind of thing because you just can't be there. I, I've actually said many times the worst thing I did is expand to be on two teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; I've had some great coaches, but the hardest thing to do with club was managing my coaches. Um, because it just, there's not a ton of money in it. It's not like anybody's out there getting rich, or at yeah. least they shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, at least in my opinion. But it, yeah, it was tough. I mean, a lot of different personalities. Kids, you know, got great people, but just get frustrated in certain times. Yeah. Working with certain kids. When, I mean, it's tough working with kids. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> They're kids. They're boneheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my kids all the time, you're a bonehead. <laughs> but I would imagine running an organization's hard logistically. I mean, you got to schedule these tournaments mm. and, you know, and you've got to, I'm sure some teams are more advanced than others. Yeah. Some teams are ready for tournament ball. Other teams are not. Yeah. And you got to kind of yeah, feel find, that Yeah, finding the right competition is tough. And kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, with having, you have your like five really good kids and yeah. then maybe not so good kids. And so trying to find a competition where you're still pushing your kids that need to be pushed, but then still developing the kids that don't. I mean, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff, a lot of swing joints that go into that and, uh, you know, and then field time and getting umpires and yeah, which tournament to join. And those tournaments aren't cheap. No, they're not. Oh my goodness. I mean, they're like almost a thousand or, if, or yeah. more, right? They're the tournaments we joined were always somewhere between 600 and $700 for yeah. three games minimum. You know, you play three game minimum. And of course, a lot of our teams and, you know, you, you hope to win a couple in the, <laughs> right. But yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of money involved mm -hmm. in it, unfortunately. And, and yeah. So but I think the people that run those organizations like U-Triple-S-A, they're making money. I mean, the umpires have got to be paid. I, I hope so, yeah. You know, the I mean, coaches they, are getting paid. I mean, as yeah, they should, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got to put up. service together. Absolutely. Yeah. And those fields, I mean, you you know, you look at what it costs to run out like one of those sportsplex oh, yeah. fields, you know, or, or the high school fields or whatever fields you're playing on. It's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of money that goes yeah, in Yeah, no question. So I think it's awesome that you're, you're <clears throat> I've always known of you as being, you know, the local guy that had played ball here, that always coached here. So many, so many families got to know you through yeah. baseball. And it's always been a real positive, you know, a, a positive vibe associated with your name. Yeah. I mean that for real. Appreciate and so that. you and I, we've known each other for a while, but we never have done this. No, we haven't. Have we? You know, so this is fun. Usually it's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, how you doing? And, you yeah. know, five minutes of small talk. Yeah. Right. At least with you, it wasn't, hey, why aren't you playing my kid? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was really thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't say it. Uh, no. <clears throat> you know, I actually do have a funny Trevor story. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not funny. I don't think you'll think it's funny. But okay. we were in, this was actually not too long ago. We were, uh, he would have been a junior. Uh-huh. And Jay Johnson came out to watch him throw. Uh, it was in the Phil Singer series. It was the 18U tournament. Mm-hmm. And this was when he was still being recruited, obviously. And Dom had sent Jay out to come watch him. And mm-hmm. Jay, it was kind of one of those things you never know. You know, when a guy's coming out specifically to watch one guy, you never know when he's going to be there or not. Yeah. Trying to get, yeah. At the same time, we were trying to win the tournament. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, Jay did show up and he came out. So we got Trevor loose, went out there, and he walked four guys. Ah. And I went, Oh, so I had to pull him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was just you know he was in that he was in that mode. I mean, you remember when he was having a little little control issue at that time, and um, but he threw hard. I mean, he was in the nineties, wasn't he? Little nineties at that point. So, Mm -hmm. anyways, (laughs) Dom calls afterwards, and he goes, "Hey, Jay liked what he saw, but he wants to see him again." Okay, right. (laughs) And I'm going. Are you kidding me? I got. I got to win this game. Yeah, yeah. I I got lost in the mindset, you know. And, And Dom goes, Caleb. Caleb, what are we here for? And I went, you're right, Tom. I'll put him in. We'll start <laughs> okay. the next day. And okay. sure enough, he came out and struck out the side. Right <laughs> it on. It was like, out a baby. <laughs> okay, good. So there you go. And it was, yeah, I don't know if they ever talked to you after that. I, I, I didn't follow up with, uh, you know, how that went with Arizona, but obviously he's playing in a good spot now. But yeah, yeah, he's doing but all yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what we go through. And, and that's just, you get lost in the emotion of winning. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that was a big tournament. That mm-hmm. um, that I always like, yeah. So <laughs> as a little Trevor story, <laughs> but I'm sure that happens a lot. You know, like some, like you said, uh, the coach came to see you. Mm-hmm. You struck out twice, yeah, but you also threw out a couple of guys, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, but at any moment in time, you never aren't sure how it's going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, and a lot of those guys too. And this kind of goes back to the you know the, what the parents are looking for. That might the coach might not be looking for you to strike out the side that day, you know, because there's a certain aspect that the coach thinks that he can teach you more when you get to his program, right? He wants to see if you have those basic tools, like for example, a pitcher throwing hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? He's got mm-hmm. a good body, he's got good composure, you know. When he walked a guy and didn't throw a hissy fit, right? You know, yeah. and then he came back the next day. Yeah. Right. And yeah. got on the mound just like he did the day before. Mm-hmm. So everybody has bad days, whatever, especially yeah. young kids. Yeah. So it's nice to know. Yeah. Those guys, they're not looking for, hey, I'm going to see this one guy hit. He better strike out. If he doesn't strike out the side, I'm not taking him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. want to see, okay, he's got good form. He's got a good body, throws hard or whatever. You know, maybe on the other side is a hitter. You know, he's mm-hmm. doing these certain things. And we like him. Let's, uh, you know, and then and couldn't go from there. So yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's uh, a good story. I, I don't think I ever knew that in that level of detail. <laughs> I don't think so. I ever told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now everyone knows. <laughs> All good. Yeah. So, so but, um, any any words of wisdom you want to leave with us uh, as we wrap up? Oh, man, you know, that's what I always tell my kids: stay in attack mode. You know, it's uh, especially from the hitting side. And then you just don't give in. Don't give in. Like we're talking about, don't sacrifice bat speed, right? Yeah. Stay in attack mode. You never know. I mean, I used, when I was hitting good, I remember always saying, this was in college, my teammates used to call me arrogant for saying this, but I said, man, I was, when I was feeling good, 
uh, just put you know put Randy Johnson on the mound. I could hit him. <laughs> and I was like, and I say, hey, you know what? I might strike out 99 times out of 100, but I said, you know what? He's going to throw that ball somewhere where my bat can reach it and watch. If I swing enough times, I'm going to hit that thing. Right on. And so, yeah. And as long as I'm swinging with some authority, with something behind him, man, I'm going to hit it. Yeah. I'm going to hit it hard. But if I'm just trying to, like, make contact, yeah, I'll never go anywhere. That's, again, lessons for life, man. Yeah, just absolutely. go for it. Give Indeed. it your all. Indeed. You yeah. know, and don't back down. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, Caleb, I've enjoyed this. This has been yeah. a great conversation. Yeah, me too. And it flew uh, by. If, yeah. How long we've we been going? Probably at least uh, an hour. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm going to be paying attention to Westview this this spring. Yeah. I want to see how you guys are doing. Maybe Hopefully I can come out that. to a game. Yeah, we play Poway. Uh, well, I think late April. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to come out and see how it's going. And and I wish you the best of luck. I mean, I think you've got all the tools to be successful. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think you're going to have a great year. So Thanks, Jen. All right. Thanks, Caleb. All right. right, Bye-bye. Bye.